Hey, this is Mitch. And this is Keith. And this is the Layman's Term Podcast, where we uh, unpack uh, the previous week's messages on like a one-take, first look, here we go, we've heard the sermon, and we uh, dive in to discuss it as uneducated lay people. We're not theologians, uh, we're not ordained, we're uh, everyday uh, Christians uh, unpacking the message and having good fellowship and discussion around it. So yeah, I like uh, to I like to point out that it's not lame men. That's like true. Lame. We're not lame. I mean, we are lame, but it, it's lay. It could right? lay like laying down. Yeah, like lay person. It's uh, not lay, lame laity. men. Lady definition: not clergy. Not clergy. Okay, so. Uh, and I, I I'm gonna, I'm, you know, I'm going to point out that we've got it in advance. So we, it's not like we heard Adam, you know, on Sunday. So this could change a little bit. This could from week from week this, to week. This could change from week to week. So we yeah. got the we got the director's cut uh, version of the message. And uh, don't hit us up for that in advance and think you get to skip church because we right. will not we will not share it. But no, no. Uh, this is the sermon being delivered on September twenty fifth, twenty twenty two. And we're part of the Know What You're For message. This is the For Your Team sermon. Yeah, so I, mean, I think the first thing that jumped out of me with it when I was reading through it was um, the the part about in ancient Palestine life, um, everything was really public, right? So, like, if, if your door was open, just come on in because that's how, like, we live, right? Like, if our door is open, we got the, you know, storm door or whatever – it's not locked, right? So yeah. if, if somebody comes over, you know, they knock on your door. It's like, why are you knocking? Just come on in. Like, I'm the same way. Just come on in. Yeah, my rule is, my rule is, if it's locked, go away. <laughs> Good. It's like yeah, the opposite. Yeah, it's like the opposite. Like it's, <laughs> it's not locked. Like, so, like oh, oh, locked. I'm uh, not even gonna knock. Yeah, forget it. You know. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's and I, I, th- I thought that was interesting because it was like. <clears throat> Some some things don't change, right? Like, I mean, obviously, we're in the Midwest. That's kind of like a, probably a Midwest value kind of thing, right? Like, I don't think – I mean, I don't know. Do people in New York and L.A. just leave their – leave the doors open? Probably not, right? So I thought that was an interesting – you know, an interesting point was, you know, the the openness of the society, right? So, yeah. you know, when you – a lot of times when you, when you read some of the stories and you, you just don't realize, like, how – uh, connected everybody everybody really was you know a lot of small towns everybody knew each other you know but they you know lived in you know it wasn't just Mitch and family or Keith and family in a house it was you know a lot of people right the houses could have 50 you know plus people you know that could yeah that could I, thought fit that, in it. I thought that was interesting and that's probably like packed in that's like sardine right packed in because I don't imagine these houses had more than one or two you know defined spaces yeah you know really with them then probably not a lot of internal walls right yeah. Then yeah. So that is that is an interesting point because it's like now we put a lot of walls in our houses to prevent us from I don't know to have privacy or or whatever right to to kind of separate this room from that room. Um, but it wasn't like that, right? Like it was just one or two big rooms, and everybody just kind of lived in it, right? Yeah. I imagine internal walls were probably load bearing, right? Pro- probably helped support the roof. Yeah. It had another purpose other than separation of space. Um. Yeah. So, uh, but one of the cool things I want to I yeah. want to point out too. One of the things I love um, about the scripture, our scripture verse was uh, Mark two one through twelve. But I love here in Mark Mark two a few days later when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. 
I love that one. It gives us this real sense of this area, this is where Jesus lived. He'd yeah. he'd moved to this area, this city. So um, I think that's a that's a cool uh, uh, part to glean um, glean from scripture and glean from this message and really uh, really lean into that these were this was a home this was a home base this was a hometown area. Yeah, and Jesus. what's what's connected with that is the fact that his life was threatened, and so he went there purposely, right? Like you go back to places that you're familiar with, right? So like, you know, he didn't just go to a new place. Um, you know, he went back to home to him, right? Where, where he was familiar with. So very, um, very humanly thing to do, right? Yeah. You very know? much. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, now I, I want to spend a little bit of time, uh, and I'm going to drop, I'm going to drop a big, um, question on you. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping you're, I'm hoping you're ready. Ready. Let's do it. Okay. So there is, uh, further in the sermon, um, Adam talks about, um, you know, in, during the pandemic, you know, all the pastors kind of split the congregation into thirds and called everybody and said, Hey, how you doing? Is there anything I can help you with? Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I remember that. Okay. So, um, you know, during that time, you know, he said a lot of people would would say, "No, we're fine, we're fine." You let us know if you guys need something, right? Okay, and you know, he kind of caps it off with, uh, "It's a reminder that it's okay to be carried, right? Like it's okay to need something, right?" Um, so this is the this is the big this is the big question that I have is that's pro- that's probably like the most common thing, right? Like. You know, you call somebody on the phone, hey, hey, how's it going? Oh, it's fine. How are you? But everything might not be fine, right? It's just like a colloquialism, yeah. you know. It is a it is a major part of our human condition. Yeah, to not put our burdens on someone else. And to right? your point earlier, I don't know if that's I, – I, I'm, 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 I'm local. I'm Midwestern. Yeah. I'm, I'm a regional uh, Midwestern country boy, Missouri, whole life. Um you know, is that is that an American Midwest or is this universal? I don't know. I don't yeah, know. That's, good. that's um, a good question. Um, but my, my my deeper question is why? Is it is it to your point something culturally ingrained in us, or is it something? Uh, may I dare say pride? Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna us? jump right in and say pride is probably the big glaring. Um, Issue. I know personally that's that, that would be my personal problem. I think uh, anytime I go, um, so I was, uh, you know, personal story, uh, in the home, right? We all have roles, yeah. you know, in your home, you know, and they're not, no matter how your family defines them, everybody in the family has, has different roles and different, um, different roles they play. And whenever that gets interrupted, um, from like an illness, right? sure. Um, like all of a sudden I have to do laundry. Yeah. Yeah. So I've had, you know, had the coronavirus and I got taken out of, you know, you went into isolation and you got taken out of any of those roles that you normally fulfill. Yeah. And now someone else in your family, your spouse, um, you know, a capable child, um, steps in and fills and mm-hmm. fills that role for mm-hmm. you. And I know for me, I get this feeling of, of guilt that I had a job Oh, and you couldn't do and it. And I'm not doing it. Yeah. You know? Um, but the reverse of that is it's not so much guilt. I'm just prideful that I, I'm i incapable of doing my job right now. Oh, interesting. 
I, I guess I don't. I guess I don't feel that way. Um, because usually you I'm just, just kick I'm back sick enough. You just kick I'm back. I'm sick enough. I'm miserable, and I don't even like. Yeah, like you know, it's like, uh, you know, like no, I'll let you cook dinner. I don't feel good, right? Kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I don't. I but I, I can see where you're coming from. I mean, my thing is this: like, think of the think of the. I don't know if it's if it's like an oxymoron or like a like a weird position, right? But um, this this idea of pride that stops us from putting our burdens out there to people um, is is one thing, right? Like if you're if you're a stranger or like a mere acquaintance or whatever, like we we all know there's like the opposite people that will just tell you everything that's going too on, much TMI. Like, too, like too much information, right? You're like call them like, hey, how's your day going? Oh, let me tell you. Some people like to overshare, oh and you're like ten minutes later, you're like, look, I was. I just wanted to know if you had a cup of sugar, you know, like I didn't sorry. Maybe that's why text messaging is like so effective, effective, right? And everyone just wants to text first because they don't want the wall of anyway. They don't uh, want the overshare. Yeah, they don't want the overshare. Oh, you can overshare on text too. You can definitely overshare on text, uh, but it's harder because you can just ghost them, right? Like you can just stop answering them. You can't just be, you know, like back in the day, Oh, my reception click, right? Yeah. But that doesn't really work anymore because everybody has really good cell phone reception. It's not very so, honest, Keith. Yeah, I've yeah. never done that. I've never done it either. Okay. But I've definitely I've seen it. It definitely <laughs> happened uh, maybe to me before. But uh, no, I mean, so think about think about that from, from the perspective of you've got somebody that you, you know, like, all right, I'm just going to say it. You got somebody from your church calling you to see how you're doing, and you're too prideful to tell them you maybe need something, right? It's I've done it, right? Like I'm 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 not blaming anybody because I've I've definitely done it, right? Like, uh, you know, my parents passed away or whatever, or I was dealing with all the crazy stuff that was going on, you know, b- before all that and and all that kind of stuff, and you know, like you know, Adam would call me or stop me on Sunday and be like, "Hey, how's everything going? Oh, great, man, great, thumbs up, everything's wonderful," you know, and you just do. Or um, actually, what's what really um, kind of pops out in my mind is uh, when Parker was born, uh, Spencer was still here. Spencer was the pastor, and um, you know when 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 Sean and I were in the hospital, and then Parker was born, we didn't tell anybody, right? Like we didn't, you know, it wasn't yeah. So this you know, is Sean is your spouse, and Parker oh, yeah, is your sorry, youngest sorry, child. Yeah, sorry. No. If, if people don't know, um, so you case, know, case oversharing. Yeah, I'm oversharing. Anyway. Uh, so we came, we came to church like that next Sunday and like, uh, like, you know, one Sunday, uh, no baby, uh, big belly, no baby, uh, next Sunday, uh, no belly baby. Right. Most impressive. Most impressive. And, uh, you know, it was like, uh, Spencer walked up to, to do the sermon and he was like, Whoa, baby. At that moment I was like, shoot, maybe I should have said something to somebody. Right. But it's the same thing. Like, you know, you thought you think about it and you're like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't. I don't need to bother people with what's going on, right? Um, and so, like, that, that's such an interesting, I don't know, concept to me that you can literally be talking to someone at your church, like a pastor, and be too prideful to say anything. Like, crazy. Yeah, and and I don't want to. I don't want to sound negative, like, um, like we all have a major uh, issue with pride, and it's a. It's a it's a plague that we're suffering uh, from, but no. also also with this and um, with folks when you're when you are dealing with things or um, 
you know, need some assistance or, or going through something, grief, you know, you're suffering yeah. a loss, you're, um, you know, what exactly, what exactly is it, um, people can actually offer to do once again midwestern here everybody just wants to bring you food yeah Keith. yeah right right so like like oh man i've you know i've had knee surgery and i need to you know i can't exercise or do anything like that so maybe i ought to watch my caloric intake a little more and everybody brings me a pie you know okay, right, like right. that that's an example of something that could happen right like well i mean you, you you may have had hospital food for a few days and so you may need some calories to be honest uh but no i mean yeah i mean that's the point and i think the point of it and and what i'm trying to say and i think i think what you know we're trying to say to you is that um sometimes i, I guess you got to stop for a second and say why 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 am i why am i doing this wouldn't it be better to maybe spend a few minutes and just be like hey this is what's going on it's pretty crazy and I then think, you feel better about yeah, it yeah and i think um i think my big challenge uh my big challenge to folks folks listening to this is um to to find that line um between crossing that line between um not sharing anything mm-hmm. And oversharing, finding that middle ground of vulnerability. Yeah. Because vulnerable, you know, vulnerability, especially being in a situation of people who who care about you, allowing them to care about you, and you being vulnerable in your state, uh, can strengthen and grow your relationship in a way that um, can can help you. Um, you know, not just la- letting folks help you; it allows you to be in a position to help folks later on yeah. as well. So you have to think of it as a um actually taking a vulnerable stance is actually a um selfless act, not a selfish act. Yeah. To um put yourself put yourself in a in that position to to receive to receive that help because it does it does them a world of good as well. So if you can come up with something to let people help you with, it's it's a wonderful life giving thing. Yeah, which is just kind of um a weird thought process, right? Like having somebody help you really is a selfless act. Yeah, but it doesn't hey, seem like it in hey, the moment, right? But it's not, Keith. We all we all lose this, but um hey, you've got stay-at-home dad experience. I've got stay-at-home yeah. dad experience. How many times have you um, you know, brought a toddler along to help you air quotes on the podcast <laughs> with uh, with something that you definitely could be more efficient without oh, them yeah. but you have great stories and memories and guess what they feel yeah they feel valued they feel like a contributor everyone wants to feel and they grow from the experience of contributing yeah i i i, I agree um so yeah anyways that that was that was really interesting to me um you know the other the other the other, you know, and I've had this thought quite a bit, right? Um, and so when I read this, I was just like, oh, man, like this, it fits, right? So, um, you know, at one point Adam's, Adam's going to say, or will say, I, you know, I wish we could go see Jesus at some house in Cleveland, right? We could organize a bus, uh, not let anything stop us, right? Um, but it doesn't work that way, right? Because he's, you know, he's not physically here. Okay, so this is, this is like... This is like the a, a, a deep question, which is um, people would you would you react to Jesus the same way that you do today, back when Jesus was alive? 
Ooh. Okay. Because we're we're fortunate enough now to have two thousand years of other experiences and other people and other people growing in faith and and being able to communicate to us these ideas and these thoughts and what Jesus really meant when he said certain things or whatever, right? Okay. So we, we've got all that experience. Um, and, and this is such an opposite, by the way, thought, because most people would say, you know, we haven't seen Jesus in 2000 years. So I, I don't, you know, I feel disconnected, right, to it. But me, it's like the opposite, right? Like you can feel more connected. Um, but if you, if you heard of some guy uh, in Cleveland who was like performing miracles, right, and claims to be the son of God, Today, what would you do? Would you go? Would you get on a bus to Cleveland and go? And or would you be like, whatever? I don't know. Can I watch it on YouTube first? Kind of like, is the guy sample this? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, well, you know, I mean, granted, we have a lot of technology now and all that kind of stuff and 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 whatever, right? But um, no, I think I'm going to be like the people of the time. I'm going to be I'm going to be pretty skeptical, especially yeah. if I'm my Midwestern Missouri self, right? Like, right. Like, yeah, he better make a road trip down here and show us something. Yeah, and and so like this story, connecting it to this story, right? You've got you got four guys that are hauling around somebody that can't walk, right? On on a, on a mat, but they went through the trouble of of digging a hole through the roof. Yeah. Lowering a man down in a mat, which I think had to have been an engineering marvel. Um, I've built a zip line. Um, you yeah. know, it took yeah. a long time. It mm-hmm. wasn't a you know, it wasn't it wasn't a quick wasn't a quick endeavor. Um, but I, you know, I built a, a suspension system that could hold a grown man. Yeah, um, it was it, it was not an afternoon's worth of work. And um, so now they've they've dug. It says Doug. Which, the by whole... the way, what, the owner of the house isn't just like, oh, what's that up there? You know, like, hey, stop digging my roof out. You know what I mean? Like, use the door. Use the. D- it's can, open. Can you guys get these guys off the roof? Just let them in already. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, did, did, were they doing it? Nobody knew. Maybe it was too loud. I don't know. It's crazy. Crazy to think about. But it's awesome. So they lower the man down, and blown away. The first thing Jesus does is forgive the man's sins. Because at the point in time, it was actually believed that it was either this man's sin or his parents' sin that afflicted right, him right. with the paralysis. Right, exactly. Everything, your life choices cause yeah. the, the problem in you, right? Which, which is crazy. And, you know, Adam alludes to, um, to in John, you know, Jesus kind of kind of explains this away in John, you know, John 9, uh, chapter 9, verse uh, 2 and 3, his disciples asked him, Rabbi, this was, they're talking about a blind man, uh, who sinned, this man or his parents, mm-hmm. that he was born blind? And Jesus' response was, it wasn't this man or his parents who sinned, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. And I think that's the situation, uh, you know, we can speculate that's the same situation we have with the man on the mat. Right, this miraculous uh, faith that this man had that was lived out through his relationship with the four men who brought him, put in the work, carried him, dug through the roof, figured out some sort of contraption to lower him down through without just dropping him. I mean, they could have just dumped him in, right? Just like, boom, broken bones at all. Like, well, Jesus can heal that too. Just, you know, 
Maybe but, they did. Maybe they, maybe they did. They maybe, just were like lowered in. Lowered. We'll just say lowered instead of just like flung off the mat onto the ground. Yeah. That was the first original <laughs> mic drop. The guy's name was Mike and they dropped him through the roof. Um, <laughs> he rolled off the mat. You know, I have the whole Mission Impossible scene where like. I wouldn't know. I'm not an expert in the time, but I guarantee they didn't have 12 foot ceilings. Right. Like. The, the ceiling probably wasn't really that far off of, you know, and sure, we're all six foot, you know, plus, but back then, you know, I, I would, I would, if, you know, and, and sorry, high school history teachers, if I'm wrong on this, but I feel like they were shorter back yeah. then. Right. So uh, they probably had shorter ceilings. Yeah. So it, it could have just been like a yeah. boop. Less Wheaties, less, <laughs> less, milk. less, less milk, right? less milk, less Wheaties, <laughs> really bad water. Um non-clean water right so i think that you know but yeah to wrap that up i think that's i think that's what that's what we have here is we have um you know this miraculous um um healing of a man to show the full glory of god lived out in the person of jesus yeah and i i think um if you if you just look at if you just look at right okay if you're going to write down your gospel, right? Your story. You only got so many pages to do it in, right? Like you can't you can't write a five thousand page gospel, right? So you got to pick and choose. Obviously, we know that Jesus and the disciples did a lot more miracles, right? Because sometimes in the Bible it says, and they performed a lot of miracles, right? Um, so, like the ones that they picked to talk about, obviously have a have a point, right? And in some kind of underlying purpose within it. And so I think you're right. I think I think this story really has more to do, I wouldn't necessarily say with um, Jesus and his teachings at the moment, but it has to more to do with the perseverance of the people that brought this man to Jesus, right? So, and, and that's kind of, and I'm sure that's what Adam's trying to point out, right? Is that that perseverance of, you know, these people to come and say, hey, this guy's got a problem. Can you, you know, we have faith in you that you can help. Right. Um, and so, yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty awesome. I just, I always just think back to like, what, what would, what would you do as a fly on the wall? Right. Um, in, in that moment. Right. And I, and I think about that uh, quite a bit with some of the other, you know, stories in the, in, in the Bible is just like, you know, God, what would I, what would I have done if, you know, uh, I, I saw yeah. a guy get thrown in with a bunch of lions and then like a couple hours later I open the door and he just walks out okay, right? And then they like come after the person that got, you know, put the guy in there and eat him. You know, it's like, whoa, like what would you do? You'd be like, oh my God, what was that? You know? Well, and I think um, I think this is another podcast for another day where you get into the messianic secret of things of of knowing that that Jesus um, would often tell people not to – don't go tell people what's happening. Yeah. Don't go let this get out. Yeah. The time has not come for the full glory to be revealed. He knew the master plan, and it had to be lived out through 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 the cross and resurrection. Yeah. Anyway. Well, hey, hey. This, this is Mitch. That was good. This is Keith. And this has been Layman's Terms, where a couple of guys who are not clergy uh, go through this past week's sermon and uh, have further 
in-depth or not so in-depth discussion <laughs> around it. So uh, we're glad you enjoyed us, and uh, or maybe you didn't enjoy us, but we're glad you joined us, and uh, invite you to check back in next week for another round.